You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 94. Okay, so as I just mentioned, today's episode does not disappoint. We are talking about all things efficiency. I realize this might not sound like the sexiest topic, but trust me, if you keep growing your business, it will soon. I'll be the first to say that I didn't always give two craps about my business systems. As a matter of fact, those things used to repel me. They are not my zone of genius. I do not understand really automation systems, processing techie stuff and why you need it, but I'm telling you, it is some of the most important parts of your business. I didn't even realize how much of a bottleneck that I was in my business and that I was causing until I got to meet Adrian last year and then, of course, share her her with you guys today. So today's guest, Adrian, came into my life and completely changed the way in which I view my business and how I run my business. Her idea of looking at your business as an assembly line is going to blow your mind. So of course, I'm talking about the one and only Adrian Dorison. She is an efficiency expert and queen of streamlining systems. Adrian and her business partner, Mike, also created Run Like Clockwork, an operations consultancy that equips CEOs with the skills to design a business that quite literally runs itself. Adrian has helped hundreds of business leaders from Fortune 500 corporations to fast-growing startups, double, triple, sometimes even 10 times their company's growth, all while removing themselves from the day-to-day doing operations. Can I get an amen? Today, Adrian is sharing step-by-step strategies you can use to minimize unnecessary output, fulfill your highest value, and start experiencing your business as the CEO, even if you are a one-person show guys. So let's welcome Adrian to the show. So before we dive on into today's awesome episode, I got to give a shout out to a reviewer this week, and that is Brad Girl. And she says, addictive positivity, potential, and purpose. So I've been a listener playing catch up with these episodes for the last few months. And at first I was kind of skeptical that a creative podcast was for me as a freelance journalist and blogger. I needed convincing that the sales and numbers hustle applied to me. I'm still on the fence as to if it actually does, but who cares? Julie gathers content that is addictive and for excitement, timeliness, imagination, accessibility, positivity, and intelligence. She is all business for her listeners. She pushes her guests to go into detail about things, emphasizing how much she wants to share with her listeners and inviting guests who are more open and forthright toward that end. I listen to every episode, even if I think the content isn't really my niche. I'm delighted every time to learn something and reflect long afterward on the content. Thanks, Julie. Well, thank you so much for that really honest and reflective review. Um, I love that you gave it a moment and you just, instead of saying this wouldn't work for me, or this isn't the podcast for me, or this isn't the episode for me, you started thinking, how can this podcast work for me? What? could I potentially learn from this episode or from this guest? So props to you for being awesome and, you know, always remembering that no matter where you are in your business, we always have a level up, right? There's always one level that we can grow, that we can change, that we can think differently, that we can feel differently. So I think that it's really um, a great reminder to all of us that If we start to see ourselves getting into that resistant phase of like, this isn't going to work for me, or I don't need to listen to this, or I don't need to read this, instead of saying that, which can put you in a very scarcity loser feeling, you should say, how could this work for me? What could I maybe learn? 
It's really about being curious and open instead of resistant and closed. So thank you for that reminder today. And now, of course, if you are someone who loves to listen in, I want to hear from you. All you got to do is head over to iTunes, subscribe to the Influencer Podcast, and then you can give us a review right there once you hit the subscribe button and then rate us and then let us know what you're thinking. Let us know some of your favorite guests. Let us know what's really been an aha for you because what I love to do is take those reviews and of course share them on episodes like I'm doing now. And another thing that I love to do is over on the gram, I love to see the conversations that are going on over there too. So If you're listening to today's episode with our incredible guest, Adrienne Dorison, which if you're already here, you got to stay because this woman is about to blow your mind. What I want you to do is when you get done listening to this episode, I want you to head over to Instagram and I want you to tag me at Jules Solomon. And I also want you to tag Adrienne. So that's Adrienne, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, Dorison, D-O-R-I-S-O-N, and then hashtag the Influencer Podcast. And on that, I want to know what your absolute number one biggest takeaway is from the episode that we're about to dive into, because I'm telling you, there were so many mind-blown moments for me. It's really hard to pick one. So it's going to be really fun to see what your biggest one was, and then I'm going to make sure to screenshot and share your screenshots on my stories too. All right, guys, let's dive in. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hello, Adrian. It's so awesome to have you here with us today. I'm so excited for this. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. So um, first, I would love to dive in to share with everyone listening how we met, because I think that it's really cool and unique how we met and also plays into, I think, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today and a lot of of where your genius lies. We met in person at my workshop, at our Run Like Clockwork workshop, and I knew who you were through the interwebs, though. (laughs) (laughs) interwebbies. And, um, and that day was, was really, was really amazing. Um, I had the pleasure of going down to Florida to do a in-person workshop with Adrian and her amazing team. And we're going to dive into, to what, what run like clockwork is in just, in just a little while, but it really was such an eye-opening experience for me and some of my team members to dive in, to really understand what it means to run your business and your brand like clockwork and really the systems and and kind of some of the internal work and restructuring that needs to take place to dive into that. So I'm excited to dive into that more today, but I would love if you could just share a little bit about your background and, you know, what you started out in, which I also think is really fascinating and what kind of brought you into the world that you're in today with helping online influencers and entrepreneurs really, um, you know, not only grow a business, but, but keep a business sustainable and, and as efficient as possible. Yes. So my background is in the forestry world, which is really funny. Um, sort of right. But you, you had some expertise in that area as well, which is even more connections for yeah. us. But, um, I used to work in the, in the corporate manufacturing space doing efficiency, operational efficiency in in forestry companies, essentially, how do we uh, get more results with less resources? So it's all about resource use. And 
I left that job um, about four and a half years ago to do some private consulting because I was just no longer aligned with the same values. Like I liked the work that I did in the corporate world, but I always say that I was just doing it like maybe in the wrong environment. (laughs) Um, And so I started doing this on the side and grew my business from there as, as a private consulting practice where I was taking these principles from the large corporate manufacturing world of efficiency and trying to figure out how do they apply to the small business person or the small business specifically? Because they were not like, it it couldn't just be copy and paste, right? Like they didn't specifically translate. And so that's what my work has been over the past four and a half, five years is figuring out how do we take these really incredible concepts, these true concepts about efficiency that are working really well for the big business world and allow the people in the small business world who absolutely need them, but how do we create them and adjust them and translate them in a way that makes sense to a small business owner? And that's what I've been doing. And that is what, you know, the the product of clockwork, the book, as well as our workshops where we, you know, work with companies to help them run like clockwork. That's what we've kind of created through my work over the past five years. Mm. And I want you to dive in to kind of tell us a little bit about what does that idea of running like clockwork mean to you? And what does that idea of efficiency mean to you? Because I think that that can be a very relative term to some people or even kind of a vague term, because I think that there may be a lot of people out there that are like, oh, well, I'm efficient. You know, like I do the same thing every day. So that makes me efficient, but that may not really mean what efficiency is from a business perspective. So can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. So a lot of people talk about uh, small bu- small business growth. A lot of people talk about growth in revenue primarily. That's like the primary indicator of how you can grow. But there's a whole other avenue of making sure that you're efficient in that growth, which is cost savings and energy savings and time savings and using people for the right things. So, you know, when we think about how do we get the most, the most results for the least amount of input put, we're using efficiency principles and efficiency thinking to figure out, like, is this the best way that we could possibly do things? Is, is our, are we reducing the amount of waste that we're creating inside that system? And your system is your business and it can be the entire business system, or we can narrow it down into individual processes. But essentially I'm, I'm looking for waste in anything that you're doing and trying to remove that. Right. So I'm sort of like the the waste management uh, person of small business, because that waste could be like wasted information. Like how many of us have wasted information in our head that we're not utilizing? Or it could be that we're using uh, our labor inefficiently, or we're having them do things that aren't really giving us a value add, or um, there's extra steps inside of a process. So all of these things are waste that are costing you money, time, energy. And for me, this is super important. Number one, because we want your business to be sustainable. We want it to, yes, grow in revenue, but also grow in profitability and, and grow um, without utilizing more and more resources. But also when your business can run like clockwork, to me, that means it can also run without you being there as the CEO. And and that's specific to small business owners because typically you are the person that starts this thing. 
Um, we all start at one and then as the company grows and grows and many people want to scale these companies and grow them even faster. But if you are basket woven into every single process, every single step or every single decision, that can be very challenging to do. There's going to be a bottleneck where things cannot run like clockwork because when every decision has to run through you, that's an inefficiency, right? So to me, this is all about making sure that your company can grow and sustain long after you. And that doesn't mean just like creating a legacy company for your children or your grandchildren, although that's important to me as well. But also like, I know so many people who have health issues and they have to take a step away from the business. And I want to make sure that your team is taken care of and that your customers are taken care of even when you leave. Right. (laughs) So that's super important. I think in terms of when we think about why would we even do this? And when you, when you kind of go into a small business and you've, you've already kind of touched on it with what you were just saying, but it is the one thing that you notice that is the biggest issue is that that one person has either not found the right process system or person to put in place to where they then become trapped inside their day-to-day operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of that can be Number one, we, th- we think we're the only ones that can do the thing, whatever thing is, or we think that we're the only one that can do it to the level or the level of excellence that we're looking for. And, or we don't just, we don't have the system in place to properly transfer that task or that responsibility to someone else. And so there's a lot of different like barriers of why we haven't done this yet. Some of it is control. <laughs> like we don't want to let go of that control. And some of it even comes down to our own mindset. I deal with this with our, our clients all the time. Like, like, well, what is my purpose if I am not necessary in the day-to-day of this business anymore? That can become a real ego, you know, struggle for them because the thing that they've always found value in themselves from is the business. And if we take them out of the business, then where do they find self-worth, right? So it can bring up all these other things or all these other reasons of why we're not specifically doing that. But typically it's because we just haven't figured out how to transfer the knowledge to another person or to a process. And that is where I can totally help and come in and make sure that you understand that this doesn't mean you're, you're, you know, invaluable or no longer valuable to the business. It just means that uh, we empower your team to become even more valuable to the business, right? Because that's, that's really what we want is, is to help them grow and develop and, and be able to run and grow this company, even when you're not there, because most of our clients have other things that they want to do, or they have, you know, they need the space. That's a big thing. They need the space to be thinking about what's the next big idea or the next step towards the bigger vision. And when you're trapped in the day to day, you can't do that. Mm. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. 
You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. And I would love to know, to touch on a little bit of more of the, uh, the word that's coming up for me is kind of red flags, if you will, of someone that's listening and whether they are a solopreneur because they haven't hired the right person yet because of those reasons that you just mentioned, or they don't even know that they, that they, that they need someone. What are the things that, that could be touch points or kind of red flags for them to be like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. All of these things are happening in my business. I need to take that next step. And, and, and figure out what to do so I can run more like a clockwork. Yeah. So I think that, um, there are people that just want to run by themselves forever and they know they're very conscious that that's a limiting factor. And if that's you, maybe this isn't, you know, if you just totally want to do this on your own forever, cool. I think that if you are very, if you can get clear on what your highest value is to the business, anything else that you're currently doing is a bottleneck to your growth, right? So if you can get really clear, for example, if you're an influencer and the one thing that you need to do is maybe your like highest value to the company is creating the content, right? Like if that's the most important thing you do in terms of growth, then what are, take a really good analysis of what are all of the other things that I'm doing, because you're definitely doing other things that help the business 
keep running and, and stay open. <laughs> um, but if we really think about it, if we got really serious, like about how, where am I of highest value creating content? What are the, all the other things that I'm doing and how could I get support or put processes in place that someone else could support me to do these? Because then it allows your capacity to grow. So typically, um, red flags that we're looking for, like, oh, I don't have the time to do additional revenue generating things, or I don't have the capacity to take on additional clients. And if capacity is the issue right now, then we have to identify where we can free up some of your capacity, help you focus on the highest value things. And then how do we take all the other things that you're doing and make sure that there are other people or processes in place to make sure that those are running like clockwork and make sure that the people on your team are in, in their highest value roles as well. So red flags to me are, you know, some of those things in terms of like, you know, I don't have enough time if you're turning customers away or if you are like literally saying, no, I can't do this because I don't have the capacity. So you have no more hours in the day. Other things could be if you do have team members and, um, this often happens as you bring on your first few team members, maybe, you know, you have some people coming to you, they're doing tasks, but now you're constantly answering questions all day long, right? So people are coming to you for decisions. And that's a red flag that you are absolutely a bottleneck to the growth um, and to them developing as an individual, because our default is to just keep answering those questions, but really it's just keeping you more and more stuck. So those are some initial red flags, especially for people that like, maybe you are the solopreneur and you're like, I am working by myself, um, but you can't grow anymore at a certain point because you only have so many hours in the day. So you have to really analyze that time and where it's going and where you are highest value. And I love that you mentioned on, uh, touched on analyzing your time, because this is actually what you made me do when this thing was actually happening with me, that I was so... I was so what lost in the bottleneck. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't, and I didn't even realize you were like, right. I want you to literally track all of your, like every, every minute day. that, yeah, everything, everything that you're doing, even if you're in the middle of something and then you go check an email, I want you to track this on a spreadsheet. And I was like, I immediately, like the idea of resistance came up. I was like, totally. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this because I knew that it was going to probably be all over the place. But at the same time, it was such a fantastic exercise for me because it, I think that prior to not doing that exercise, I was kind of like, I didn't even realize how much of a bottleneck I, I was in my business until mm -hmm. I was really able to look at it. So, so literally spending an entire day tracking every like minute of what I was doing was so phenomenally helpful and eye opening and allowing me as, as the, the business owner to kind of see where my issues were. Yeah. And it's super annoying, right? It is the resistance comes up. It's, it's a pain to do, but I always tell people like, well, you can't unknow this, right? Like now, now, as you go through your day, it becomes more of an automatic filter for yourself of like, Ooh, I am doing that thing again, where I spend 20 minutes making a decision for someone else. When in actuality, I should spend an hour training them on how to do it. Right. So that they never have to come to me and ask this question again, but it's just a really good filter. And we, we, it's, it's normal for these things to creep back in or to get into our day to day. 
um, that really don't need to be there or that someone else could be doing, or maybe that we don't need to do at all, but we're just continuing to do out of habit. That's super common. I could probably find five hours in every listener's week right now of things that you just need to stop doing in general, right? Like just stop doing them altogether. We don't even need to transfer them over to someone else because they're not a value add to your end customer or to your business at all. You just keep doing them because you've always done them. And that's the worst reason to keep doing something. It was like the Achilles heel of when I worked in, in a corporation, that was always the line. Like, well, why do we do that? Because we've always done it. And I'm like, well, it's a horrible reason, right? We're doing that. We're doing that anyways. And so we have our clients do this time tracking, this, this really detailed time tracking every single quarter, right? So it's not like we do it once and never do it again. It's like things are going to creep back in, right? You're going to get new projects on the plate, new responsibilities, new team members, where all of a sudden we really just need to do a realignment, almost like we bring our car in, we get our tires realigned. Like, let's just do a realignment every quarter, at least just to check in and see how how we're going, how we're improving so that we know we're making forward progress on this. Because it's like our process, as you know, is not an overnight fix, right? It's not a quick fix. And that's something we want to be very clear about with people. It's like, it takes time and and energy to realign how you're working because it is just easier to keep doing things the way you've always done them. Yeah. And it's how you grow, right? Exactly. And it's, it's so interesting too, because one of those things that that also reminds me of, um, is it's kind of a twofold that I want to get into. And the first one is mistakes. And I remember when I asked you prior to, to, the, to our conversation now, what are some of the mistakes that you've been seeing influencers make when they try to grow? And it is that, you know, well, influencers, some of them, they jump into this and they start kind of scaling too fast without really understanding what it means from an operational side. Mm-hmm. So then it just becomes this disaster. And it's kind of just like, we start throwing spaghetti at the wall and just seeing what sticks. So we just start bringing in more contractors or bringing in more things without really understanding what it is that we need. Yeah. I mean, that's a big one for me, right. In terms of like really helping people understand that the growth that they are craving, the growth that they're sitting around praying for and putting on their goals list. I want that for them, but we have to understand that like at, what is going to happen if that really comes true? And these are the things I want people to think about in, from an operational perspective, right? We're all business owners. We're running companies here. So think of yourself as a company owner, right? And when I do this thing in terms of, let's say you land that deal that gets you in front of you know a mass amount of people, Um, I always use like the, everyone wants to be on, on Oprah, right? But what happens when you get on Oprah and now all these people know you reach out to you, want to buy your product or, you know, want to, uh, you know, reach out to your company for requests. And on the back end, this is what I want people to think about. Like what breaks, like what breaks when that happens, right? Do we have the enough customer support in place? Like if we're selling a product, could we actually deliver that much of the product? Do we know what we would need to do um, if that much product was actually ordered? Or if we're delivering a service, do we have the capacity to deliver it? Do we have the team to deliver it? Do we have all of these things that we need to think through if we're really going to grow and scale this company responsibly? Like I think that it's a res- it's a responsibility as the business owner to think through these things and make sure that before we grow and scale and get the things that we say we want, 
what are we putting in place operationally to make sure we can still deliver with excellence, right? Like deliver everything we do with complete excellence to our customer, because otherwise it's a huge brand risk, right? Totally. So you, you get, you get the thing you wanted, you enroll the people or the customers or the deals that you wanted, but if you don't have the operational capacity to deliver it with excellence, what happens in this internet world, people are going to talk, Right. I bought this thing or I saw, I agreed to this contract and they're not able to deliver. Well, how, who's going to do business with you long-term if the reputation has been tarnished because operationally we couldn't actually deliver on the promises we said we were going to keep. So to me, like the growth and scalability is a very, it's like really sexy right now. Everyone wants to talk about that. And I, and I want that for our clients, but I want them to do it responsibly because that's the that's in the best interest of the customer and if we're not thinking of the customer or the client or the end you know person that we're influencing if we're specifically talking about influence like i think that's an that's irresponsible use of our influence right so really thinking and and taking that into consideration before we explode the brand I love, and thank you for, for diving into that. And it's, it's such an important takeaway as is the idea and kind of touches on this too, with hiring and Mm. a big thing that I took away after being able to work with you, um, in person, um, of course, reading the book, learning what I I learned, which we're going to talk about in a minute. I'm so excited for you to share with everyone, um, your process and how you do what you do. Um, but a big part of that was hiring because a lot of times it really is about getting the right people in the right seats. And a lot mm-hmm. of times the reason why things may be uh, disconnected and dysfunctional is because you don't have the right people in the right seats. And so I think that hiring is is a big piece to this. And especially when you're starting out, you know, a lot of times most people's first hire is just kind of like a part, part-time contractor or something like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they know how who to really look for at that point or what they're really doing. And then over time, as you grow again, that kind of becomes something that you just kind of keep that person there because that person has always been there, but doesn't necessarily mean that that person is the right person to be in that seat. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about how, how you approach that aspect of it too, because I think that that's so important. Yeah. I think that, um, I mean, this is a challenge, right? Especially when you're hiring that first person, you maybe hire them for a few things and then they become your jack of all trades and their job description is ever growing. And you just keep handing more and more to them. That was never maybe even what they thought they were going to be doing to begin with. But if they're enrolled in your vision, they're going to say yes to it, but that doesn't really mean they're the best fit for it. And so constantly um, looking at our our team members as people and as people that need constant realignment again and rebalancing. We, we talk about this idea of like rebalancing the team because they're also going to need new growth opportunities for themselves, as well as in a small business, I think it's really important to identify uh, growth trajectories for people because in a corporation, they see, they can already see the potential for them to quote unquote, climb that ladder, right? With your company being a small company, number one, they have to really be enrolled in the vision, um, which means you have to clarify and articulate the vision to them, which is a piece of our process. Um, But the other piece is they have to see that there is a potential for them to grow and and change and and also make sure that they're aligned with their strengths. So making sure that the people on your team are working in the right roles, uh, doing the the things that are best suited to them, uh, as well as constantly looking at are they doing it in the right portions. So just like we do time tracking 
for you, the owner, the CEO. We do time tracking with our our clients' teams too, because their time is just as valuable as as yours in in different capacities, right? So we want to make sure that they're working on the right things, um, that we're not paying them for things that are beneath their pay grade or that they're not really the best at doing. So constantly looking at that, but also that you could hire the best person in the world. And if they don't have the right processes or the right support and leadership and training and development, they're not going to thrive. And more than more than likely what's going to happen is they're going to get frustrated and they're going to leave because they're not actually able to reach that full potential. And if you've ever worked in a job where that has been you, because typically you are an A player if you're an entrepreneur, right? Like you were either the A player in your corporate job or um, at some other role and now you're the A player on the team. Well, hopefully you're hiring you know, people that are also A players, but what do A players want? They need a target. <laughs> they need something to move towards. Um, and they need, they need clarity on how they can be effective in their role. And part of that comes with autonomy and decision-making power. And if we're never giving that to them, they're going to get super frustrated and they're going to leave. Right. So making sure that you are taking the time to hand over, not just assigning tasks to people, but really handing over responsibility of of areas of your business to other people so that they can do what they do best. And that is going to free you up energetically, emotionally, and your your financials are going to grow because you're not trying to uh, micromanage or you know, make decisions about every single thing. You're going to feel so much freer when you let people do what they do best. But that also means making sure that you have those people in the right roles. And that means training, developing, mentoring them. Oftentimes when we hire people, we just want them to be like three steps ahead of us, but we never tell them where we're going and we never communicate how, how we can support them to get there. So I think that's an important piece of running a business is who is going to support these team members um, if you don't have the time to, right? Because otherwise you're probably not going to get out of them what you really want. Um, It doesn't have to take long, but it will pay itself off in dividends if you do that during like the onboarding, or you can even do a re-onboarding process if if you have some team members that maybe need some realignment or rebalancing. Mm -hmm. That's a great takeaway. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to dive into run like clockwork and for you to really share more about how amazing you are, um, for those listening, you know, I, I will say, I think Adrian is just the absolute best in this, <laughs> in this biz when it comes to everything that we've been talking about and really just systems and operations. And I can't stress to you how important I think that that is. And, and the more you grow, the more glaring that will come to you as a business owner yes. of how important that is. Um, so dive in with us about Run Like Clockwork, what it is, who are your partners, how do you guys work together to to make this beautiful organism grow and thrive? Yes. And if this doesn't resonate with you, like Julie said, just keep growing and then it will. Absolutely. <laughs> back. Um, so thank you for the kind words too. That that makes me blush over here. So my, my partner is Mike McCallowitz, who many of you may, may have read some of his other books. Um, but we partnered together to create the intellectual property for the book that is now clockwork. Um, and that book, I love Mike because of how he writes his books as well. So if you're like, I still am kind of like not totally on board with this, just read the book because literally he lays it out step by step in all of his books. There's not holding anything back in there. The the process for how to get 
your business running like clockwork and starting with some of these tools and systems is, is really in there and how to like free yourself from the uh, chains that sometimes entrepreneurship can create for us. And, and our partnership stemmed from, you know, us sharing ideas and him interviewing me for the book. And then he was basically removed his ego from the situation and said, you know, I need someone to run this company. And, and I think that you're actually a better person to do it than me. And I said, well, thank you. <laughs> so, um, so my role in the company is, is serving our end customers, right? So if you read the book or hear Mike speak, that's amazing. And then my role is to deliver consulting services to our, our, our customers through workshops and, and programs that we do, um, in an ongoing consulting basis. So it's my joy. It's what I love to do. It's like the most exciting thing for me is working with businesses to figure out how can we help remove you from some of this day to day to help free you up, to focus on the thing that you are the most valuable for, for the company, um, at, and how can we like really get a team around you that makes you feel supported and that you can step out and, and have a, a vacate, a real vacation. Or, you know, if you have a health issue, I know that this comes up often, like what's going to happen to that business. So making sure that your company can run and, and grow without you is essentially the core and the crux of what we do with our clients. Mm. And it's so good. And I know, like you said, I mean, there's, there's a book, there's workshops, there's all of that good stuff. If someone's listening and they want to, to dive into more of that and potentially figure out how they could work with you, where can they find that information and, and kind of what's the first step for them to, to be able to dive into that? Yeah. So all of our information is at runlikeclockwork.com. They can, you know, go find out more information there. I'm always open for, you know, if people want to reach out to me personally, they can, they can do that as well as if you, if you read the book, we have a ton of additional resources, um, in our clockwork kit. So we give like the time tracking analysis spreadsheets. We give, um, we have a concept called the QBR, which is your queen bee role. You'll, you know, you can read more about that. And, and we cover that like videos and resources, job trade analysis, how to like do a job trade analysis with your team. So we have all of that in a free kit. If you go to clockwork.life, you will get access to all that stuff for free. Um, and Mike even sends you like a personal video. He's the craziest. <laughs> if you sign up for that, I know he's crazy. He'll send you a personal video saying, thank you for signing up. <laughs> yes. And he's, just, he's just incredible. And I, I love that he, you know, he kind of shared a little bit about his personal journey of, of why this means so much to him. Um, and yeah. kind of what he went through with, you know, he had created businesses that essentially like tanked financially, you know, yeah. and he kind of had to really like look at himself to say like, I've got to put food on the table, what's going on here. And his evolution of really figuring out what those issues were led to this incredible mission mm -hmm. and business that you guys have today. What would you say is, was that, was that thing for you that, um, that really lit this passion and this purpose in, in your heart to, um, see, things like commitment and consistency and efficiency being such an important factor, not only in someone's business, but in someone's life? Yeah, I think that's, um, like for me, commitment, consistency, these are things that I've been like hardwired since ch childhood. I had a, not the easiest of childhoods, which I think pretty much all of us have had something in our lives that have, you know, molded us into who we are. Um, and for me, it's just about like, 
how do every day I wake up and be the best version of myself that I can possibly be? And how can I help extract that from other people and, and fulfill that purpose for myself and others? And like one of my core values is generosity. And I had like a big money mindset shift a couple of years ago where I realized that my personal needs were met. But if I really wanted to give generously and like really live generously the way that I desired, I had to make a lot more money. And efficiency has always been the tool of that I, that is in my, my toolbox in terms of, I know how to do that. And I actually know how to help other people do that, that have really great products and services that they want to offer to the world. And so for me, being able to help other companies grow and scale more efficiently is the most generous thing that I can do because most of the people, well, it's like usually all of the people that I want to work with are also using their, their gifts to give generously back to the world as, but they can't do that if they're stagnated or if they're, you know, not really living in their, in their highest values. So it's kind of like, I, I didn't see that my corporate expertise was going to lead me there, but like looking backwards, I'm like, Oh, I get it now. <laughs> right. Like I get why I now have all these tools in my kit and, um, efficiency just happens to be one that I'm like really passionate about because I just hate wasting things. And that's, <laughs> that's like background of, I, my, my, uh, my college degree is in wildlife conservation, which is totally unrelated to this. Right. But all stemming from like sustainability. And now I just focus on sustainability for your business and, and for the world. And all of that is related to like being you using your resources super efficiently. And I think that we have an opportunity to do that in our companies. And then how do we give that back to the world in terms of what we're earning and what we're delivering? So I never had a situation like, like Mike did. Hopefully we can take lessons from our mentors and, and learn from them without having a huge failure, <laughs> but, um, you know, different lessons in my life have led me to just feeling like this is my mission and this is what I can offer to people. And I loved how you mentioned to me, um, speaking of, of giving and generosity, you had said to me, um, giving away 10% will be much harder when you're making a million dollars. If you never give away 10% when you're making a hundred dollars. And that was so true. And it hit home because I feel like a lot of times, um, being of service is, is a big, um, part of my, of my mission and my purpose and really what I teach through this podcast and my mm-hmm. various programs and, and, and of that nature. And it's so interesting that when, as you're growing and as you're kind of minding and grinding and white knuckling it, you never feel like you really have enough to give away. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's all a mindset. And, Mm -hmm. and I love that you mentioned that because I think that that's so true. The more that you believe that to be true, the more that that's going to be true to you. And then once you make a million dollars, well, that's not going to be enough. And then you're going to have to make 10 million before you can give away, before you can give away. So, um, I love that you mentioned that. And, and what are some ways, um, that, you know, you would encourage people to kind of just shift that mindset a little bit, um, to, to, to kind of, I know that you mentioned money mindset for you, but, but really to come from more of that place of abundance and, and mm-hmm. really getting to the idea of the more that they commit to the process, the more abundant they will be. Yeah, this is like my my personal passion in terms of like what I want to speak about in into the world, right? Is that this this idea of like 
generosity starts now and and you always have something to give. And that was true for me, even at a time in my life when I felt like I had nothing to give. And so that's when I started giving is when I felt like I had nothing to give because it was actually what I needed most, because I find that, you know, the things that, um, aren't self-serving seem to be the most self-serving, right? Like, and what I mean is like, when I give, I'm, I'm actually the one who receives so much joy, so much value, so much love in return. And when I started my business, I had nothing, I had zero. Um, and I decided from that day that I was going to give 10% from day one. So I just always assume that that 10% has never been mine to begin with. Right. So I just take it out. It's never mine. That way I can't spend it. So it's basically creating constraint theory or like using constraint theory on your expenses now. Right. Like, so now I don't, I'm not even putting that into the bucket, but what happens is if we think, oh, when I get to a hundred thousand, then I'll give it away. Or when I get to a million, then I'll give it away. You haven't really built in that habit. You haven't really built it into the business model and it becomes actually much harder to do. So I think the idea of like, wherever you can start, it doesn't have to be 10%. It could be a dollar, right? A dollar for every sale, or it can be whatever, whatever aligns with you and your business and whatever you feel called to do. But I think that it could be monetary, uh, one of the greatest ways to give is also through your time. That's something that will totally connect you to whatever it is that you're in service of, um, your community or uh, a cause that you really feel strongly about. Go and deliver your time, give in service of your time, because if you feel like you don't have the money, use your time. The other thing that I always say, so there's three ways, right? Time, money, and then the third one is expertise. Um, so I do a lot of pro bono work with my, with my specific operational, you know, efficiency expertise. I work with nonprofits at a like pro bono. I, I give it away for free because they operate just like businesses, except they have less resources. So it's really important for me that they grow and can reach even more people with their work. So I've found a way to deliver, um, you know, some, some generosity just through my own expertise. So you might be able to figure out like, okay, if I don't have money to give right now, if that's not in the cards right now, or if I feel like that's too much of a stretch, could I give my time? Or is there some way I could give my expertise? And I find that we always have something that we can give. And I guarantee you, if you start doing this right now, it's going to ripple effect. And so that's what it's done for our clients. Like our clients ripple effect, and then they in, incorporate this into their own businesses. And that is, I think the, the potential and the gift of the entrepreneur right now is that we actually have the potential to ripple effect and really change the world and the way we live. But we as individuals have to be willing to start, right? Like we have to start it. Um, and we can't just keep waiting on other people or waiting on other corporations or waiting on a, like, you are the answer to these problems. So give <laughs> whatever that is. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for that. Um, before we wrap this up, um, I would love to ask you one final question and that is what does influence mean to you? Mm. So I think influence is the ability to, persuade or encourage or lead people in a direction that hopefully is, is a positive one. And I think that, you know, whatever your influence is, it means that you have the responsibility to lead people in 
a positive way, a force for good in the world. Even if you don't have hundreds of thousands or even hundreds of followers, I always like to think of like my internet influence. Like I like to visualize those people in a room because I'm like, what if, okay, let's just say I only have 30 people on there. I'm like, but what if those 30 people were in a room with me? Like, that's a lot of people, right? If they're going to listen to me, I have the potential to lead them somewhere, right? So being able to influence them means having a responsibility to do it in a positive global way in my mind. Love that. That's a great answer. Um, all right, Adrian, I know that you told us earlier where to find, um, all the great stuff with Run Like Clockwork. We're going to make sure to also link that on our show notes along with where you can find the book. And can you let everyone else know where to find you on social media? We tend to do a lot of our tagging and a lot of our stalking on there. Our listeners, as you will find, will find you and DM you. So I want to, I want to let them know where they can do that. You can find me and my dog pictures at Adrian Dorison on all social media accounts. It's kind of hard to spell, so hopefully you'll link it up here too. But I'm enjoying playing on Instagram the most, and that's where you can find, yeah, literally dog pictures. Yes, and we will make sure to put that on our show notes as well. And then do you want to go ahead and just spell it out for them so they can... They can have sure. It's Adrian A D R I E N N E Dorison D O R I S O N. I'm sure if you type in at least half of that, I'll come up. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adrian, for coming on today. I'm so excited for this, and I cannot yes. wait everyone to just have their mind blown and just freak out and start. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for being such an advocate of this work through your embodiment of it. Um, I know how important it is because it's just reflects in the excellence that you deliver to your clients, to your customers, to your listeners. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers, join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you got to do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence for show notes, downloads, and action-based tips head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode guest and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.